Good morrow, ladies and gents. My name is Tom Alexander, and welcome back to my podcast. And in this podcast, it will be a continuation of the previous podcast, talking about the indigenous people and what they had to sacrifice to even have a slither of a chance to make it here in America. Uh, My co-star, Quadero, is unavailable today, so uh, this will be a solo, solo podcast, but regardless, this needs to be said, because the amount of injustice that the indigenous people have suffered over the years is just, it's I can't put it into proper words. Like, the more and more I read this book, um, Darwin Voices, you know, which is an anthology on the indigenous writing from New England, the more and more poetry and essays that I read on these people that they write and the things that they had to endure things they tried to do to make, you know, these people have some bit of a chance to make it in this country. It's just, it's heartbreaking to hear, and it's very relatable to hear, too, because in a sense, this is what every race that isn't, you know, white had to endure. So... Most of my most of my source today will be coming from this critical essay that I just read on from Donna Loring. And to give a little background to her, she was a Vietnam she was a Vietnam veteran. She was the police chief. She was a security director, an activist, even a politician. And her goal was to change the rules in Maine. She wanted there to be a history class in taught in the public schools about the indigenous people, the Native Americans and their history, and there was also be cultural classes taught there as well. And her essay that she wrote, The Dark Ages of Education and a New Hope, Teaching Native American History in Maine Schools. This essay was extremely powerful and very emotional to read. It got to a like it got to a point where I had to sort of stop because of just the the amount of crap that they had to these people had to endure. You know, it just it really hurts to, to read, it hurts to to imagine the pain. That they had to go through. So she starts it off, you know, by start. She starts it off positive um, by saying, like she she created a legislation that required all public schools in Maine to teach Indian history as well as Native American history and their cultures and stuff like that, and. Um, on June 14th of that year, which was in 2001, she managed to achieve this. 
um, you know, now Native American history, as well as Indian history, all of that is being taught in the public schools now, giving the people a glimpse of what the Native American people had to endure during those times. And while this was a positive start to this essay, it does not make up for everything else that comes after. So, so again, while it was positive, she then starts to go into what she calls the Dark Ages of this time period. And her description of the Dark Age is as follows. Dark Ages, because education has been a two-edged sword for Native people. On one hand, it opened opportunities. On the other, it harmed us physically, psychologically, and spiritually. It inflicted spiritual wounds upon Native, Amer upon Native people lasting for generations. We call these wounds soul wounds. And to, you know, go off of that. So she wasn't, so she's not wrong. When you are coming, when you come here to America, you, you know, you're given a lot of opportunities because this place, you know, despite all of the negatives that we will go into in the next couple of minutes, you given, you're given a lot of great opportunities to make it, to have a career, to be successful. But what you have to sacrifice to achieve that is just, it's too much. It's too much to ask from a person. Like the Native Americans, they had to sacrifice their culture, their teachings that they've learned since they were born. They have to forget all of that and learn new teachings that fit into the white society of America. This is what they had to do, you know, and that's where that's where the psychological and spiritual pain comes from. And of course, the physical one, that's self-explanatory. You know, they go through, they're going to get beat beyond recognition by, by people in the white society because they're going to be seen as, you know, freaks or they're going to be seen as imperfect. You know, if, there aren't, if they aren't white, then they're going to get hurt. You know, then they're always, they're always going to be seen as imperfect. That's just how it is with the natives, and that's how it is with every race that comes to America. You know, it's just not, you know, if you're not, if you're not white, and if you don't believe in the ideals of the, of a white, of a white man, then you're going to be, you're going to be hurt. You're going to be at a massive disadvantage coming here. You know, even if, even if you're, even if you're of a different race and you were born here, you're still going to be treated like crap. Um, and the next paragraph that comes after, it, it makes me sick just to read it, but this is, this is what she had to say. Richard Henry Pratt, who founded the Carlisle Indian Industrial School in Pennsylvania, in 1879 had a saying, kill the Indian and save the man. The intention was to kill the cultural core within Indian children through boarding school, education, and forced assimilation. That included prohib prohibitions 
on speaking their native language or practicing native traditional religion. Justification for this came from the notion that Indians were less than human. This view is abundantly evident in the way Indians were depicted by the press at the time. Many, Among many 19th century cartoons of Indians, one in particular comes to mind. It can be found today on the cover of John M. Coward's book, The Newspaper Indian, published by the University of Illinois Press in 1999. In this drawing, we see a Union soldier who has shot the Lakota chief Sitting Bull, and depicted, depicted as a half-man, half-beast. Sitting Bull has clawed hands and a lower body made up of the back end and legs of a buck deer. The caption of this original cartoon reads, The right way to dispose of Sitting Bull and his braves. This is sick. This is absolutely unforgivable. They're treating natives and Indians as though they were demons. Like, the Indian is the demon, and it's possessing the man. And the way to free the man is by killing the demon by any means necessary. Even if that might mean killing the man. Because in a sense, you kill the Indian, you're killing the person. You're killing who this person is. You know, much like a demon. In some cases, in exorcisms, uh, the demon, you know, while did get, you know, cleansed, the person that the demon was possessing ended up dying anyways. You know, this is what this is what this is what I'm getting from this. They want them to, you know, get rid of their cultural practices and languages to become a person that is seen as not subhuman in the eyes of the white society. And this must be accomplished in either two ways. Way one is they willingly abandon their teachings and you know, face the assimilation of other of the other language, or option two, kill them, straight up, just kill them, or force or force them to force them to learn the language, which you know, in a way, is killing them psychologically and spiritually, and of course, there's a whole thing about you know, the psychological and spiritual damage that would just be utter chaos for them. The amount of mental pain that they would go through would probably be too much, and they'd probably end up killing themselves anyways, because they would much rather, in their eyes, they would probably much rather die knowing that, like, having their culture and their language intact than having someone from another country take it destroy it and try to replace it with something that fits to their ideals and not the person that was learning the ideal and it's just it's just so evident as you keep reading this essay it's just it's it's just heartbreaking like the the um example she gave where um, a girl was um, not looking at this nun because in native in the native culture they were taught not to look directly at the adult. A child shouldn't look directly at the adult because it would be considered arrogant. But this nun is constantly 
shaking and harming this girl, trying to get her to make direct eye contact with her. Not knowing that this is something that she was taught as a, a child not to do because it's considered arrogant in her culture. But they don't care about that. They don't care about it instead of actually trying to learn why why they can't make direct eye contact. Why is it considered arrogant? Instead, they're just trying to force another method down their throat while killing the other one. It's it's shameful. And this is what this is this is what happens in America. You know, there is there is a lot of good here. There is a lot of good in America. The you know, the the diamonds in the dirt. There are there. There are they they're there. They're there. But there's not that many. And the amount of crap that the native people the amount of crap that every race has to endure when they come to America is just heart wrenching. And this essay just further proves that point. This is some this this essay was around the two thousands when it was written. It was around the two thousands, and the fact that we're still in we're we're further along in this year, and this happened. All this stuff has happened over centuries, starting from the nineteen hundreds to now, and crap like this is still happening. Like, why are we not past this? Why can we not have peace amongst the other races? You know, why? Like, enough is enough at this point. Like, enough is enough. And it's, it just hurts. It just hurts that we still haven't found peace among the races. Now, I'm not saying peace in general, because if we're going to be honest here, that's impossible. We humans, we act on emotions. And one of the, one of our strongest emotions out there is anger and hate. Those aren't the only strongest ones, but they're definitely up there and they can so easily be tapped into. So we act on emotions and those two emotions in particular causes us to be violent, you know, and while, of course, who wouldn't kill to get rid of those emotions? We can't because those are what that's what makes us human. So general peace, I think, is impossible, but peace among the races, like accepting a race for who they are, that should be very possible. It should not be the way it is right now. The way it has been for the past 400 or so years. It should still not be like this. But it is. And that just sums up the state of the world. And most definitely the state of America. Now, I will... This ends my podcast for today. I will be... Continuing on this topic next time. Um, hopefully I can have my co-star with me again. But until then, I hope this has been informational. I hope that this has been 
persuading to you to you know find peace amongst amongst people amongst the races and don't end up doing what some of these horrible people in these essays have done so with that being said um i'm Camille alexander thank you all for listening to my podcast stay safe out there wash your hands and have a good night